Once again, this is the Rise TV Show, your source for inspiration and information. And welcome once again. This is our eighth year doing the Rise TV Show. I want to give a big shout out before I start. First and foremost, to Timberly K, the entertainer, for allowing this outlet and avenue to come about because this was her vision to get a political show on the air. And I thank her for making this happen. This was the eighth year, eight years ago, right before the second term of President Obama, that this show started. And this has continued over the course of eight years. So I want to thank her for that. Also want to give a shout out to Toy Sugars, who did the theme song. I've had the same theme song for eight years, and I'm still rocking with that. That beat still cranked. So we're going to make sure that keeps going as well. So thank you for listening to the show. We are going to make this weekly show up until the election because it's such an important election this year. So I wanted to get that out the way. We're going to talk about the South Carolina primary that is going to happen tomorrow. We're going to break down all the Democratic candidates that are going to be there and also prepare those who are listening for Super Tuesday because there's so many states that are involved for Super Tuesday that's coming up in a few days, including Alabama, Colorado, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, which is the state I'm in right now, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia. So I know there's a lot of listeners that are from those states. So please, please, please don't hesitate to go out there, exercise your right to vote. But first, I want to talk about the coronavirus outbreak. Right now, we have, as of Friday, the 28th of February, we have 64 cases of people with the coronavirus right now in the United States. Two that came from unknown sources. So this is a very important thing. And I know this is a political show, but this is very important as well because politics play a factor in this because the current administration has been downplaying the coronavirus outbreak, not paying attention to what's going on in other parts of the world. And I want to make sure that everybody stays safe. When you're traveling, make sure you are sanitizing everything, washing your hands, 
making sure you're not touching a whole bunch of things. I just came back from Las Vegas last week, and I wish I took these precautions of using wipes when I'm at the casino, you know, not touching the buttons with my fingers, things like that, because there were so many people from other countries that were there. But it is important, whatever you're doing, especially the weather's getting warmer, people are going out more, make sure you're taking all the precautions that you need to do and don't think of this as a as a um, non-factor because the coronavirus is major all around the world. You're seeing people dying in droves in China, dying in droves in Japan, a whole lot of people that are sick and dying in Italy. So it will eventually come to the United States. So make sure that you are focusing on what you have to do to prepare yourself for the coronavirus. Listen to the CDC. I would say more so than what the administration is saying. But we're going to get into all that in a little bit. But I just want to thank you once again for listening to The Rod Stevie Show. Toyland Productions, Toyland Entertainment. We are back. And we are better than ever. And I'm hoping that you enjoy the show. We're going to get into everything in just a minute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. This is The Rod Stevie Show. Anchor FM. Available on all areas where you can pick up a podcast. And we are back with the Rod Stevie Show. Let's get into this right here. Let's talk about the politics and the policy of the coronavirus first before we get into all the election information with the Democratic Party. Because there are politics and policies that we have to discuss with the coronavirus. First, the Dow Jones and all of the stock markets have been dropping this whole week. If you haven't noticed it, if you're not a person that have invested into the stock market, this has been a huge week because the Dow has dropped to its lowest point that has been in a couple years. Today, Friday, 28th of February, was the largest one-day drop in the history of the Dow Jones. Close to 1,200 points. I'm sorry, yesterday on the 27th. Close to 1,200 points yesterday. Close to 600 points today. It's been terrible when it comes down to the way the stock market has fallen. But the political side of it is very critical because we get a lot of our a lot of our products, a lot of our um, resources from China. And since they can't ship out of anything because of coronavirus, that causes a problem. As a matter of fact, the masks that are supposed to be made to help protect us, a lot of the parts come from China. So they can't even ship those parts in to make a face mask because the face mask parts are made in China and China's holding on to those parts, which I don't blame them. This is what they're supposed to do. So three factors come into play here. One, the factor of American manufacturing. This current administration told us back in 2016 that they're going to bring these 
blue-collar manufacturing jobs back to America. But was that really the case? If we can't make face masks to protect our people, if we don't have the medical resources to provide for our people because some of these medicine, um, some of the medicines coming from China, is it the fact because we cannot manufacture the, the the main things that we need to help us to be safe because we outsource everything overseas. That is problem number one. People lost their jobs. People are down and out. And of course, this happened way before this current administration. But there was that hope of change that came with this current administration saying that oh, we're going to bring everything back and this is not going to be a problem. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. I know I'm going to upset a lot of people from the right that's going to be listening to this, but it didn't happen. Right now, we're in a crisis because of everything that was outsourced to other countries. So we have to deal with that aspect. Number two, political and policy aspect that comes from the coronavirus is the fact that the president put into place the quote-unquote czar to oversee this this coronavirus outbreak, the vice president. Now, the vice president, sometimes it makes sense. Um, You have a person running on the Democratic side right now that is toting the fact that the 44th president put him in charge of medical issues so it's not uncommon that a vice president is in charge of certain things like this so for those on the left saying there's no reason that the current vice president should be in charge of the coronavirus I don't buy that because like I said the 44th president put one of the democratic candidates right now Joe Biden the I'm in the lead on certain things as far as cancer research and things like that. So it's not uncommon. But comes with a caveat. Because Mike Pence, when he was the governor of Indiana, he put legislation in that not only hurt the people of his state, but helped to spread HIV disease throughout the state of Indiana because he felt that the needle distribution program that was implemented through the Affordable Care Act was not constitutional, was in violation, so he removed that from the state of Indiana. So what that did, it actually created a spread of HIV throughout the state of Indiana. And This is the person right now that is in charge of the coronavirus task force, in essence. Now, we also got to think about this. There was a task force that was created for potential pandemics to come to the United States. But a couple of years ago, this current administration decided it wasn't necessary. And we're dealing with that right now because... They felt that it wasn't necessary. They felt that, hey, why are we spending all this money 
on something that's probably not going to happen in the United States. And you see that in the press conference that the president had the other day. He went on the air and said, hey, this is going to blow over. It's not going to be that bad. We only have 15 people infected in the United States right now. There's probably going to be one or two by next week. No big deal. Stop panicking. You know, get over it. But that's not the case. First off, there's 62 people infected in the United States as of right now. But there's two people that were infected from communal means. So that means they were walking down the street somewhere in California and got the virus. So there is a broader chance of this being an epidemic in the United States. So don't believe the whole, oh, it's only 15 people. It's going to be down two next week. The 47 people that are quarantined don't count. That makes no sense. How can you say the 47 people that were quarantined when they came off the cruise ship in Japan doesn't count? They are people too. They are people that were on a cruise and they came and they were brought back to America. They are American citizens. So for the administration to play it up like that is very insensitive, one, dangerous, secondly. So make sure we're considering this when we hear what's going on with this here. Three, the conspiracy theories of the coronavirus are very critical. People are saying, oh, it's no more in the kind of cold. You got Rush Limbaugh on the air saying that it's no more than a common cold, get over it, more people will die from the common flu than it will from the coronavirus. Well, that is true because it's new. It's true because it's new. The coronavirus is just spreading to the United States. Doesn't mean that it may not be a major factor. I mean, people talk about SARS, people talk about Ebola, people talk about the swine flu, and how we went through that, and it wasn't as big of a deal as people made it out to be. Hopefully, you're right. Hopefully, the coronavirus won't be as bad as what people are predicting it to be. But is it wrong to try to take every precaution possible to make sure that we are successfully conquering this virus? Is it wrong to say, hey, let's be safe, better safe than sorry? There's nothing wrong with that. So for those who are trying to downplay this, saying this is a political stunt by the Democrats in order to hurt the Trump administration, this is ridiculous. The Dow Jones is going down. The stock market is going down. You know, people are getting infected. People are getting sick. Yes. But this is not a political stunt, people. Make sure we understand this. This is something that we need to take precautions. What if it's your child that was sick? What if it's your child that was dying? That's going on in China, it's going on in Japan, it's going on in Italy. So we need to recognize what is going on to make sure that we are probably doing what we have to do in order to protect our people. So I just want to get that out the way. Once again, this is the Rise TV show, Toyland Productions, Toyland Entertainment. And now, next we're going to next segment we're going to get into the Democratic candidates. And let's talk about what's going on with the Democratic primary and break it down so that for people who are not locked in to the political climate, they know what's going on. So, Rod's TV show, we'll be back.
Yes, we are back. This is the Rise TV show, Toyland Productions, Toyland Entertainment. And we are in the heart of the Democratic primary right now. We went through Iowa. We went through New Hampshire. Went through Nevada. Now we're getting into the meat of everything right now. I know Nevada was crazy. I was out there with the debates with the Nevada caucus. And that tilted the scale a little bit. But that's only three states. And I want people to realize that dismiss what you're hearing on the news. People want to say, oh, Bernie Sanders is the the front runner. Bernie Sanders is the lead. Bernie Sanders is going to get the nomination. No, we don't know. We really don't know who is going to be the nominee for the Democratic Party. You know, Iowa was close. Iowa was pretty much a tie between Bernie Sanders and Buttigieg. New Hampshire, of course, Bernie won New Hampshire, he's from Vermont. If he didn't win New Hampshire, there would have been a problem. And Nevada, he worked the union line completely to his advantage. He won pretty much every demographic that you could because of the fact that he worked the union line, which is big for Nevada because you have a lot of immigrants. You have a lot of people who have probably a green card or maybe even became citizens were working in the restaurant and culinary industry, the cleaning industry, and they work in unions. So that was a big thing for Bernie Sanders to work and run Nevada. But now we're getting to the heart of it. So this is what I want to talk about because I think a lot of people are confused on who is doing what and where they are in the standings when it comes down to delegates. So we're going to break it down. We're going to break it down person by person and I'm going to let you know that there's some wild cards in the mix here once again Tulsi Gabbard is still in the Democratic running for President of the United States and the reason why she has not suspended her campaign the reason why she has not dropped out because I feel that she's going to be a third party independent to disrupt everything that's going on She does not have any delegates right now, but I would not be surprised if she tries to do something to disrupt the nomination that's going on. So let's let's go from end to end. So Tulsa Gabbard's first. Michael Bloomberg is not in the South Carolina primary, but he will be involved in Super Tuesday. So for those in Alabama, Mississippi, Virginia, that are listening to this show don't go for the okie doke as a New Yorker as a person that's seen Bloomberg over my entire life don't go for the okie doke he wants to act like he's a dude that's going to make a change he's the only person that can defeat Trump and possibly so he has the money He has the resources. He's one of the richest men in the world. So it's possible that he can use his money to buy an election. But haven't we already had that? We already had a billionaire who used his money to buy an election. Why are we going to go through that again? But Bloomberg, for those who don't know, is more than being a billionaire. Yes, he's made money, made big money moves. But the number one thing that people don't realize or people 
ignores the stop and frisk. Stop and frisk was one of the major aspects of New York. People can say, yes, it cleaned up New York. Crime is down. Violence was down. Yes. But at what cost? At what cost? You can't wear a hood in Manhattan. You can't walk down the street without turning, looking over your shoulder hoping a cop won't see you. You can't be out at night or on a weekend because you're afraid that if you go out at night or a weekend that a cop's going to just pull you over for no reason and frisk you because of the color of your skin. That's what Bloomberg implemented in New York. I'm tired of people saying, well, hey, crime went down in New York. Yes, it did. It did. But at what cost? So what you're trying to say is that black and brown people were just a just a problem of everything that was going on in New York? No. No, that's that's the BS that comes out when people say crime went down from stop and frisk. Yes, crime went down with stop and frisk, but it's not the fact that stop and frisk was the main issue. Stop and frisk caused a lot of people pain. And he didn't realize that until he started running again. So that's why I say don't fall for the okie doke. People in Mississippi, people in Alabama, people in Virginia, Minnesota, those who may not know who Mike Bloomberg is, don't fall for it. Bloomberg is an opportunist, and he's trying to take advantage of the opportunity right now. So, we move from there. Amy Klobuchar. Klobuchar has good points. She seems rational at points. But her issue is... As a prosecutor, she did some things that were not right. I posted on my Facebook page a couple days ago about this young man who has been in jail for almost 20 years because he was possibly falsely accused for murdering an 11-year-old girl. Amy Klobuchar did not look at the evidence. She just said, oh, he's a gang member. Let's prosecute him. He actually was cleared of the crime about 18 years ago because they found that the, the way that he was arrested, he wasn't read his Miranda rights. They, the prosecution paid somebody off in order to confess so that way they just get somebody in and get him in jail. So all this was done under Klobuchar's watch. And then they decided to retry him with no evidence, with no new evidence, not looking at the evidence that was there, said, okay, hey, we're going to put him back in jail. And Amy Klobuchar not only ignored the evidence that was there, but she has been posting this as her shining moment in her prosecutorial career. And that's what she's using as president, as presidential candidate. But there's been new information that's come out to show what was going on. They didn't get the they didn't get the videotape of his alibi. They didn't get the records of people who were with him. They just said, oh, black man, probably in a bad situation, put him in jail. And now he's fighting for his clearance, but also he's not taking the plea deal because he believes he's innocent. 
And this is what Klobuchar is basing her strong stance on crime. So she has issues. She has issues when it deals with the deals with the opportunity, especially in South Carolina, especially in Mississippi, especially in Alabama, parts of Virginia. What does she stand for? And is she the right person to stand with? We don't know. Next person up in the list is that has some sort of delegates are Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. She has a plan for everything. She's a great, strong candidate. So why did she fall so far down? And I think the reason is she went from left field to left center. And nothing wrong with that. Every candidate goes from their fringes to the center eventually. But I think the big thing about Elizabeth Warren, she just didn't gravitate with people because of the fact that she had a plan for everything. Everything had a plan, but what was that plan? She went from progressive, progressive left to try to get to the middle, to try to unite everybody. And people are confused about that. I like Elizabeth Warren. I think she's a very, very good senator. I think she's a very good candidate, very viable candidate. But did she do the right thing to make people realize who she is? I'm not sure. Next up is Joe Biden. And this is the biggest dilemma for me because Joe Biden, he's put all his eggs in the South Carolina basket saying that, hey, South Carolina's a black state. I was Barack Obama's vice president. Black people love me. I'm Joe Cool. I got this on lock. And that rubs me the wrong way. Because I don't want a candidate that assumes that just because I'm black, I'm going to vote for you. I don't understand that concept. They feel that, hey, I'm black. I'm going to vote for Joe. He was Obama's dude. So he don't even have to campaign out here. He got this on lock. That's the misconception that a lot of people have. Now, don't get me wrong. Joe Biden's a very good guy. He's a very great vice president in my eyes. He's out of touch. He's old. To me, he's old. We have four candidates in their 70s. Five. Bloomberg, Biden, Sanders, Warren. You know, Tom Steyer is right around that that mark. So, so yeah, so that's my issue. I don't like the fact that, one, he came out and just said, hey, I got South Carolina on lock. Black people love me. I'm just going to roll in here. Two, we have to take all of these factors into consideration. Three, has Joe Biden really proven that he is the person that we want to run against Trump? Or the person that's going to be the president of the United States? I'm not sure. This is the most confusing, the most confusing primary that I've ever seen. Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever. Because we're not really sure. Even back in 2016, when you were looking at the Republicans going through their primary, you kind of saw where it was leaning. You know, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, more of the the establishment Republicans. 
You had Chris Christie, who's more on the edge, that wild card. And then you had somebody like Trump, who knows how to market the game and play the game well. So that's where we are with the Democratic side. Joe Biden is one of those establishment dudes that are thinking that, hey, I got this on lock. Let's go for it. Let's do it. I'm not sure. After that, you got Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg. Seems rational. Good dude. You know, seems like he got good moral standings, good values. Good. Calming factor. Good. But electable? Not sure. Not sure. You know, he has issues in South Bend, Indiana. We're talking about South Bend, Indiana. Not even the largest city in the state. And he got issues like that. Is this the person that we want to elect as the president? If he can't handle the black agenda in South Bend, Indiana, I don't know. He seems like he's too scripted. He seems like he's a person that means well, but is way over his head. So I'm not sure about him. And then you got the leader, Bernie Sanders. Bernie is a good dude. Bernie's consistent. That's the thing about Bernie Sanders. He's consistent. For the past 50 years, he's been saying the exact same thing. So you can't say that Bernie's going to flip or flop like a Warren. You're not, you can't say that he's going to get bought off like a Bloomberg. You can't say that he's banking and putting all the eggs in one basket like Biden. Bernie is consistent. He knows what he's going to say. He's been saying it for 50 years. But electability is the key. Is he electable? Is somebody here in South Carolina in a general election going to say, yeah, I'm going to go Bernie over Trump? Somebody in Alabama going to say, I'm going to elect Bernie over Trump? I don't know. I don't see it. So this is what we have to deal with right now. The Democratic electorate is so confusing. That's why I encourage everybody to take a look at your candidates. Take a look at everybody that's going on and make sure you're picking the right person. And not only that, make sure you're picking the people in your state, the people in your county, the people in your community, because those are the ones that are going to affect you the most, the sheriff, your judges in your community, your council people, your mayor, your governor. Those are the people that impact you more directly than whoever's running for president. So get yourself involved. And if you have any questions on how to register to vote, you can contact me, inbox me, Go to vote.org. We'll get you set up. And thank you for listening to the show. This is the Rise TV show. Toyland Productions, Toyland Entertainment. And until next time, we'll talk.